Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome, friends, uh, to another edition of Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle with my friend Darren Ride. Uh, today, Darren, we're, we're going to focus on uh, sort of Bible study methodology. Obviously, when someone crosses the line of faith, or even if they're inquiring, uh, how do we actually get them into the Bible without overwhelming, overwhelming them with like curriculum and all this other stuff? Just the basic goods. Uh, I think you've got some things to share today. I sure do, Tim. It's been it's been just a very interesting journey as we've been working with Twelve Church here and and figuring out how we make disciples, both you know of churched people who might not actually be equipped disciples, and then how we go about actually reaching other people. And uh, I've kept bumping into this idea, this phraseology called discovery Bible study. Discovery Bible study now. What you'll find is there are some products that might be branded that way or books that are called that. But what I've discovered is that it's really more of a generic uh, kind of understanding of how you study the Bible, where you basically deal with a single text and draw out of the text what it actually says. You know, it's, an, you know, it's a form of inductive Bible study, yeah, I suppose, yeah. when you look at it that way. Okay. And so, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of built around a few simple questions. So, I thought what I'd do is maybe walk through the basic methodology and share how we're kind of applying it in our context. And you're, of course, welcome to butt in any time and, and get me to make something clear that isn't clear. Well, then maybe after you tell us the uh, the questions, maybe we can actually go right into a text of the Bible and apply it and see how it works for us today. Well, well, we could actually, in fact, do you want to, the stories of Jesus dealing with people work really well. In okay. fact, uh, you know, if you go to, let's maybe grab Mark chapter 2. The story of Jesus at Levi's house. Okay. And uh, that's a good idea, Tim, to actually walk walk through the well, methodology. We really, yeah, we want to get really practical. Otherwise, people start writing things down. Let's get right into the text and uh, let's discover it together and bring it alive, as it were. Sure, let's do that. Okay. So if you look at Mark chapter 2, uh, basically, why don't we just focus in on... Um, oh... Just something simple. Let's go Mark chapter 2, verses 14 to 17. Okay. Let me, re- okay. Let me read it. It's a bit, very simple uh, story there. Jesus at Levi's house. And so here's, here's again, you can find guide guidelines for discovery Bible studies everywhere. Uh, but here's the one that I've downloaded and we've been using in our group. And, and what we've been doing, Tim, and what I like about it is, I walked through the first time we did this, and now we're rotating through our group, and they're leading. They're leading the study portion, and and you know some people are better at it than others. Yeah. And and basically, what it's doing is equipping them to lead a little simple study. And these studies, especially these ones around the life of Jesus, they work on the seeker level. They can be people who aren't believers yet, or they can be believers, and it seems to be very you know the word is effective either way. So. So okay. basically, the, the guideline I, I download basically starts as like a whole meeting is kind of laid out where you start talking about what you're thankful for and what's causing you stress. And, you know, are there people we need to help out? Uh, you review what you did the last meeting. But when you get into the passage in a story, you basically start by somebody reading the passage and the rest following along. So, Tim, why don't you read that passage? Yeah, we go. You've got it handy there. Yeah, Mark chapter 2, verses 14 to 17. 
as he walked along, this is Jesus, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners, sinners are in brackets, uh, parentheses as it were, were eating with him and, and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And when the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's the word of the Lord today. Amen. Okay, so so typically you might do a longer passage, but for our purposes, that will work. So somebody reads the passage, and then someone else retells the story. Yeah. Without, you know, and basically tells the story, say, okay, Jesus sees Levi, calls Levi to follow him, ends up at Levi's house, and there's all kinds of a mixed crowd, very religious and irreligious people. And some of the religious people wonder why Jesus is hanging out with these less religious people. And Jesus said, hey, it's not the healthy need a doctor, but the sick. And I've actually come to call call the sinners not righteous. So, so someone retells the story, and others fill in any gaps that they're missing. And then what they actually do again, Tim, the passage is read again, okay. but we're asking this question in our mind as it's read. What does the passage say about God or Jesus or his plan? What does it say about God, Jesus, or his plan? Okay. And so, I mean... You don't necessarily need to reread that right now, but let's just look at the passage and say what, what jumps out at you when you ask those questions. Can it be in any order, Darren, or do you have to do yeah, any order at all? Just if there's anything there, what does it say about God or Jesus yeah. and his plan? Well, Jesus said about his plan, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Jesus himself, uh, he basically was willing to meet with anyone <laughs> and everybody. It doesn't matter who they were on the socioeconomic or sinner scale, as I call it, because in this passage, the word sinner is uh, so, so sort of in quotation marks a couple of times. So there's a bit mm-hmm. of stigma there. And uh, I, I guess about God, that the fact that God has sent Jesus to accomplish something on his behalf, mm. um, th- those are the initial things that, that sort of struck me. How, how about you? Yeah, no, I, I would say, you know, about, about his plan, basically, uh, Jesus looks like uh, Jesus came to, to to deal with these people who might be, you know, considered, quote, sinners, <laughs> or those who are not really that religious, that he had had no qualms associating with them. So, you know, it's really, you know, sticking with the text here, it, it's, he's taking the initiative. He wants to actually yeah. connect with those people. He's not hiding from them. Yep. He wants to connect from them. So. So that's the first basic question. And depending on the length of the passage, Tim, you can see this could lead to quite a discussion. Yeah, for sure. And then, then basically the passage we read again, and but we'd ask this question about it. What does this passage say about humans? What does this passage say about us? Yes. So what, what jumps out at you there? Well, two things. Uh, just the judgmentalism of the Pharisees who sort of didn't think Jesus would be should be meeting with a certain type of people. That, that was the first thing that jumped out. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, is that um, Jesus saw in people a spiritual condition mm-hmm. um, that they seemed almost trapped in. Uh, you know, people were just being people, but but Jesus sort of saw them as as sick. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, so that was his description of, uh, I guess, the spiritual condition of humanity. Uh, th- those are the two things. Uh, that sort of popped out at me. How about you? Yeah. 
Well, I think it does indicate to me that about us humans, we like to divide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we like to posture. We like to make ourselves look better than others. Uh, I think it also tells us that, you know, if you look at Levi, he was willing to respond to Jesus. And it also tells us that we need help. The passage, yeah. you know, Jesus came to help us. So it tells me that we, in some measure, need help. I got you. No. Yeah. And again, no, this, this is good. Yeah. So, so far, we're being steered deeper and deeper into a passage which some might just read through and not pay much attention yeah. to, actually. Yeah. And so then, then basically, what you do is you move more to application and ask the question according to this passage, what am I doing well? And what do I need to change? So now it's really the personal application. What? How does this passage kind of affirm me? How does it challenge me? What am I doing uh, well and what do I need to change? Anything jump out for you? Well, the challenging in terms of what I need to change is, um, you know, many times in our podcast, uh, I've talked about that verse. So from now on, we regard or consider others uh, from a worldly point of view. And so immediately I'm challenged by how I look at people. And if I actually uh, create a pecking order that could divide some from the in-group and the out-group, I, I think that would be initially on the surface. The second thing is, um, how much time do I spend with people who the world may see as undesirables? Mm. Um, obviously, Jesus uh, simply called Levi. He was just sitting doing his job at the tax collector's booth. Uh, and rather than uh, look at the tax collecting ability of this man who was probably despised, mm. uh, he, he wanted to hang out with them, which was really breaking new ground and uh, out of many people's comfort zones. So, so those are the things I'm feeling right now as, as I respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, you know, one, one that jumped into my mind and I would probably go the same way typically, but I really have, you know, there's a, there's different characters in our neighborhood here. Yeah, and there's one character who lives just down the street here who has come to our door a couple times, and you know, and I, you know, is is would 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 probably fit into the category of you know a quote sinner, and uh, just given the nature of their lifestyle and even who who they are and how they conduct themselves in the neighborhood, I've actually been concerned about people seeing this person at our door. Ah, oh, okay. Even yeah. our non. Christian neighbors. Like I, I just am concerned how it, how it'll play out relationally. And I've wrestled with how do we communicate acceptance wow. with this person? How, how do we, you know, communicate acceptance to them without building walls with others? And I'm yeah. not worried so much about religious people. That, no, they're no, not no, my no. concern here, but there is this hierarchical, there's this pecking order, even in our culture outside the church where some people are better or worse than others. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, so I'm, I'm wrestling through that in, in light of this passage, even as we're, we're talking about it right now. Now, that's, uh, that hits at the heart in terms of what we think about what others think about us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and just, just uh, following Jesus, not the status quo of society. But uh, no, no, that, that, that's powerful. It, it sure does nail it down in terms of takeaways, uh, in terms of, you know, this discovery Bible study method. It gets yeah, right yeah. to the uh, heart of what's going on there. Yeah, and actually, and they even take it another step further, Tim, which I find very impressive. The next question then is, who needs to hear this story and how can I tell them? Wow. So so, so basically, even let's imagine you're in, a, you're in a meeting with mixed, you know, some believers, some unbelievers. The challenge is that you probably know someone who needs this, to hear this story. Yeah. How are you going to tell them? 
And, uh, and then tied to that, who can I invite, you know, to one of these studies? So it was interesting just this morning, Tim, I woke up early. And as I do, when I wake up early, I put on a podcast and today it was one of the ones from Kansas city underground. Okay. And they were actually talking about, uh, you know, one of the part of the podcast was talking about these kinds of studies and this assignment and how for a lot of church people, you know, we'll read that. And because we don't have contacts and we don't yep. know a lot of people and we're not friends with those outside the church, it can be hard to figure who can I tell this story to who needs to tell it. But what this lady was sharing was, and this is a North American context, was that actually people who do this assignment are amazed when they decide they're going to do it, how many people they see who are receptive to the story. You know, you just come up and say, yeah, I was in the study. We heard this story. Here's this story, how, how open people are, even in our North American context, uh, to hearing a story that has kind of spoken to you. Hmm. You know, uh, as you've been introducing this Bible study method, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, I was down uh, at uh, Jim Putman's uh, church in I think Post Falls, Idaho, learning about disciple making. And we went in and we did a Bible study that, that's quite similar to this. They didn't call it that, but we actually looked uh, in Luke 15 at, at the story of the prodigal son. And we did something similar. And, and by the end of it, each one of us had to declare which person in the story did we most relate to personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was powerful. Everyone in that room had something to say. And uh-huh. and, and uh, we're all from different places and all that. So, um yeah, it was it was really really neat, and and this is this this is the same feel where we're digging down, seeing what the text says, and isn't that the point of scripture? We we see it in context, mm-hmm. but then we have to build bridges in terms of what this means to us. Yeah, and the lady I was listening to this morning, she also works overseas, and and they use this method in you know when equipping people, and what they're really strict on, and, and this is where we find a challenge in our group, Tim, where right now we're a bunch of church people. It's very hard for people to stay within the, the passage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we very quickly move to interpretation or bringing in things we've heard somewhere else or another passage. And so in our group, I'm being rigorous. And it's been a little awkward at times where I've, you know, challenged people to say, hey, that's not in our passage here. Let's, let's yeah. stick with the passage. And the importance of that, this lady shared, is that basically when they send out these people they've trained in, in telling the stories of the Bible, they want to make sure that they're actually telling the story that's in the Bible and not putting their own spin on it. Because she said, even something as simple as, you know, the story of Abraham being old. She said, if you're telling the story and you act like someone old and you kind of bend over and put your hand on your back, act like an old person, they will take that story and say, this is a story of Abraham, an old man who had a sore back. Yep. <laughs> and they will, they will add things that aren't in the passage. So she says, they're very rigorous with sticking to the text. And knowing that the spirit can use the text as it is yep. without our interpretations, without our additions. And, and that's really, they really fight hard to keep people in the text on this. Yeah, exactly. You know, the Bible says every time we open it, that the spirit is at work to make it relevant. And uh, the last few weeks of uh, preaching, I've been using that learning circle we introduced a few weeks ago. Mm. You know, what is God saying to me in the text? And how am I going to apply it practically? And the third step is, who will I ask to hold me accountable to what I've just said? So this is a wonderful uh, example how, how, how different methodology and different tools and resources can be used for the same purpose to help us understand. Now, now 
even in this passage, if, if there's someone who doesn't really know the stigma of tax collectors or even what the word sinners means, uh, how do we answer questions, Darren, as, as we go through if people don't really understand all that we understand? Yeah, well, basically, you, you fight hard to stay in the text. You know, okay. I mean, I think there's enough even in this little context to know that they were not welcome because even in our context, we don't have tax collectors, but we have the tax services and they're not the most popular yeah. branch of government, right? So I think there's enough in the context here to tell people. And if it isn't answered in the text, I'd say, you know, put it aside for the purposes of that, that initial, that study time and maybe assign someone to do some research. Yeah. I, okay. You know? Okay. You know, I, I think that that works really well. And again, what I like about this, Tim, is that it uh, you could build an entire small group around this and people are being equipped so that if they have a friend who comes to faith, they could lead these studies themselves around coffee and just open the passage and start talking about it. And I just love the transferability of it. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, that's, um, you know, this, this is just one great practical example of little things we can learn along the way that we can invite others into the experience that they could easily pick up and then transfer and do it with someone else. And, and I really believe um, it's the Holy Spirit who's the one guiding through this, right? So you don't need to know it all, but something happens when we go through this, um, uh, this discovery methodology that we actually make discoveries along the way. And then, and that's the role of the Holy Spirit to, to, oh, to, yeah. to let us say, sort of explore and then uh, land on things and we are changed and then challenged by it. Yeah, I, I think this this methodology does call for, and disciple making in general does, but this calls for a true dependence on the Spirit. Trusting the Spirit to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and do a work in people's hearts. And, you know, I actually, I looked at the very fine print on my handout here. It looks like I got it from, it says, Copyright International Students, Inc. So that's probably where I got this yeah. study method, but you'll find it in many places. And And what I found there was they actually had a list of suggested Bible passages. You know, right from creation all the way through, okay. wow. you know, into the Gospels and everything else. And they also had, and I might have got this somewhere else, what they call 10 stories of hope. Okay. And it's basically 10 stories from the life of Jesus. Like the one we looked at is one of them, although they do a longer passage. And there's Nicodemus. And I imagine there's going to be the woman at the well and those kind of stories. And they really um, break down walls, you know, for people who feel distant from God or or feel like God is somehow opposed to them. Yeah. Okay. Because they're interacting with who is Jesus, you know, on the in the raw word of God. And I just I, I'm I'm really getting excited about the possibility of doing this with, you know, people at the seeker level. Yeah, because that that's the hardest level to really engage people because you don't want to do something that assumes too much about maybe their relationship or their inquiry level of Jesus. But this actually is, it, it sort of aligns with what we called in the past the come and see uh, sort of stage of um, exploring who Jesus is. And I, I think most people actually respect the Bible, but they just don't read it or understand it. What, what, what you're doing through this, Derek, is you're actually showing people that, that through the actual written word, people can not only read it, but connect on a personal level and get in touch with and in tune with Jesus as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is, again, when it comes to disciple-making, making disciples and make disciples, we can't just teach people things. We need to equip them. 
Yeah. And that's what, and, and that's what this, you know, that's, that's really what this does. So I think what I'll do, Tim, in the show notes, I will, I'll put the link for where I got this, this material here. And it's, again, you could build a small group around it. I know in some groups, what they do or some, some people who are living, you know, a very missional lifestyle, what they will do is they'll build relationships with their neighbors and friends. They'll have what they call an open table. We could talk about that. That's very interesting where they have, you know, once a week, the same time every week, it's a wide open table. People come for a meal. And then typically the next step for those who lean in relationally, they'll have a little study that discovery Bible study at another time. And they'll just do something like this. Yeah. And that's kind of the progression they walk with people in their neighborhoods. Do the people actually have to know that these stories come out of the Bible? Well, I, I would think so. I, I don't know. I've, I've never, never thought of that, but I think it would be helpful in terms of drawing them to the word. Yeah. Yeah. But so, sometimes if people sort of uh, have a negative view towards the Bible, but for instance, said you just put a, the story of the prodigal son out there, uh, they don't know that the, the father actually represents God and, and the rest of it. But just to get them talking and then actually use a segue and say, you know, this is actually a story from the Bible that, that talks to us on deeper levels. So I, I guess you have to know your audience and, and the strategy and approach uh, yeah, yeah. to help them come and see. Because if you say, if, if you're holding up the big black Bible, all of a sudden they might shut down because they've had negative experiences in the past with oh, Bible no, thumpers and all the rest of it. Right. So so I'm, right. just thinking, I'm just thinking out loud that we want to put the text before them in a way that's going to draw them in, not push them away. Mm, yeah. And, and, you know, the word of God is the word of God, whether it's between yeah. two black leather covers or yeah. on a piece of paper. And, or your phone. Or you're on your phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this, so this is, that's that. I think that covers that pretty well, Tim. I think I'll land there. I'll put the yeah, show notes great. in. And uh, I know there's other study methodologies. What I like about this, it's the raw word of God. Very teachable, very transferable. And when it comes to making disciples make disciples, I think this is a big tool in the toolkit. Yeah, and we have to start somewhere. And if you don't know where to start, uh, I, I would encourage uh, listeners to, to check out the resources that Darren will uh, put with the program notes. But also... You can't lead someone where you haven't yourself gone. So so why don't we all just make a commitment in the coming week uh, to find a story and ask those those questions. What are we learning? Uh, hey, do you want to just go over those 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 questions you get? Uh, you said there, Darren, in terms of the different oh, sure. layers. Yeah. Yeah. The actual study, you read the passage and retell it. You read the passage and ask what it says about God, Jesus, or his plan. You read the passage, ask what it says about humans. Yeah. Then you ask, according to the study, what am I doing well? What do I need to change? And who else needs to hear the story? And how can I tell them? Amen. Well, that, that, that's a good place to land. And uh, check out the program notes. Uh, I'm Tim Beadle, my friend Darren Ride, with just another creative but very practical application in our pursuit of living a life that honors God and makes disciples that makes disciples. Join us next time. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or ChristFollowerDNA.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.